Do you sometimes feel stressed out because you don't have enough time? Do you think your life would be better if you could better manage your time? Can you imagine how good life can be if you only had more time? Well, we'll tackle essential time management in this two-part special presentation up next. You're listening to the Berkeley Life Biz Podcast with Vaughn Berkeley. Hello, and welcome to another exciting, mind-altering, contrarian podcast with your host, Vaughn Berkeley. I'm an author, speaker, gangster gardener, president of CM Berkeley Media Group, and co-publisher of a Canadian Holistic Lifestyle Magazine. I am also passionate about helping empower people through life skills and contrarian knowledge. In this session, we're going to focus on three mind shifts you need to make in order to become naturally effective in time management. Consider that many people see their frustration and aggravation levels go through the roof because of poor time management. They suffer from burnout, fatigue, depression, anger issues, and other ailments. We need to get control of that. We'll take a brief word from our sponsor and be right back. Want a highly qualified medical professional, best-selling author, and magazine publisher as your personal health and wellness coach? This exclusive opportunity is only for highly motivated, success-driven individuals. Jenny Berkeley's been on TV, radio, and met a head of state. She's very selective of her clients. To complete an application for consideration, go to http colon slash slash www.eatingforeternity.org slash working dash with dash Jenny. Welcome back. Now we're going to focus on the first mind shift that you need to make. And this is mind shift number one. You need to love what you hate. Now let me say it again. You need to love what you hate. Now you're thinking, what madness is that? Correct? How can you love what you hate? If you hate something, you hate it. Why would you love something that you hate? Well, it's not madness, but it is rather contrarian knowledge. There is a process to convert what you love into what you hate or to convert what you hate into what you love. Here's an example. When I was young, a little boy, I hated cinnamon-flavored toothpaste. And there was a time when they produced toothpaste with a cinnamon flavor, and that was when I was a little boy. And I didn't like it because, in my mind, cinnamon could only be cinnamon-flavored chewing gum. So I would eat the chewing gum, and it tasted like cinnamon. I enjoyed cinnamon-flavored chewing gum. But when you added cinnamon to the toothpaste that I had to use and then spit out, I hated cinnamon-flavored toothpaste. 
Now fast forward 20 years later to a company that makes cinnamon flavored buns. When I first tasted it, my initial reaction was similar to the reaction I had with chewing gum with a cinnamon flavored toothpaste. I didn't like it. I didn't like this cinnamon flavored bun because my mind associated cinnamon with chewing gum. I didn't want it in the bun. So what could I do? Well, I tasted it, I had it, didn't really like it that much. So I left it alone for a while, maybe a year or so. Then, then the next time I went on a date with a girl because those cinnamon flavored buns were cheap and I knew she would enjoy them. I took her to that place again. I took her to that place and we sat down and we enjoyed those cinnamon flavored buns. Now, I did not like it that much. Still, I had the association of that with chewing gum, of that with the toothpaste. And so I didn't like it. But it, my feeling of not liking it was less than the initial time. So it was less. Then we went back a few other times. And then eventually I got used to the flavor and the smell of cinnamon in that cinnamon flavored bun. But here's the thing. A few years later, I actually became hooked on that cinnamon flavored bun because it was inexpensive, it was warm, it was sweet, and it tasted like cinnamon. <laughs> I found myself eating that regularly. So whatever happened to the repulsion that I felt at the chewing gum memory, what happened was in my brain, it got overwritten by the pleasant experiences that I had now associated with that cinnamon flavored pastry. Because instead of going back to the negative memory with the toothpaste and even the link to chewing gum, I now had a positive memory of the date with the girl and also my own habit of eating it. The shift took place and I began to love what I hated because of habit and repetition. And this is what you need to do to apply in your own effort, whether you're dealing with something that you don't like. Let's go over the process. There's a process I want you to understand. One, the brain, my brain had a particular pattern inside of it. That pattern was, I hate cinnamon tasting anything that is not chewing gum. That's the pattern that was recorded. Two, doing an activity once did not overcome the pattern. So the first time I tasted the cinnamon flavored bun, I still hated it. I didn't like it, right? So doing it one time, did not overcome it. Repeating the action plus inserting pleasant trigger point helped to overwrite the old pattern. And that is the process you can use with anything. Now, why should you care about changing the thing that you hate into something that you love anyway? Why? Because, here's why, this is how we link it to time management. Because people tend to delay to avoid and to generally procrastinate about the things they hate. And procrastination means that your work on that item will fall behind 
and cause delays in your life. It's as simple as that. We'll take a brief word from our sponsor and be right back. Have you checked out Canada's hottest magazine for those interested in the plant-based diet and lifestyle? It stands out from all the others in Toronto. Filled with heart, every author is handpicked for that specific issue. Started by Jenny Berkeley, a nurse of over 24 years, a certified holistic nutritionist, a best-selling author of five books, the magazine is the source for plant-based living. Before you rush off to eternitywatchmagazine.com, listen to these reader testimonials. I really enjoy your magazine. Of all the free magazines that are on the market, I find by far yours is the best. It's superior um, reporting, and it's, it's just very good. About a year ago, I picked up this magazine from a Buddha um, cafe at St. Lawrence Market. I was sort of on the journey and I'm curious about you know, going vegan and maybe, um, eliminating animal products in my life. But um, it's really when, um, when I picked up this magazine, I found out more quick safe and I connected with other vegans and also had the chance to attend vigils and learn more about um, the benefits, about the different benefits um, of going vegan and also um, the suffering of the animals and the treatment of animals and all that. Our factory farms and slaughterhouse that really solidified uh, my journey and also um, made me realize that that was the right decision and I felt more, a lot more confident in um, going vegan and I'm going to look back. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Grab your copy of Eternity Watch on the iTunes iPad store or at www.eternitywatchmagazine.com. And we're back. So we're talking about mind shift number one, loving what you hate. Now, there's something that illustrates this point clearly. Who loves bad news? Most people do not. So when they get bad news, you can guess what they do. They avoid it, they delay it, they refuse to acknowledge the bad news and they refuse to initiate a response. Now here's an example of that. Consider somebody who has an outstanding bill on their credit card. Let's say or um, their bill has been sent to a collection agency. And just before, just as it is sent there, the collection agency sends a first letter out to the person. Now they know their bill is late. They know they don't have money to pay. They know it's overdue. They know it's way past overdue. They know when they see collection agency, what it is about. And that letter, will they will receive that letter. And what do you think they'll do? They look at the outside of the letter, turn it around and then put it down because in their mind, they don't want to deal with that. That is not something they're prepared to address right now. So what do they do? They leave it alone and they avoid dealing with it. Now, that's an extreme example where money is linked to that. But there are other things in life. Think about the person who hates to go to the dentist. They really, really hate going to the dentist, but they have a cavity and they won't go to the dentist until that cavity becomes so bad and that toothache becomes so painful that they have no other choice but to go and remove that tooth. Can you see that? It happens in other areas of life as well. Now, there's something that I want to show you how you need to flip that and have the mind shift. In the movie, The Godfather, 
the lawyer flies out to Hollywood to ask a director, a movie director, a favor from The Godfather. The director says, absolutely no, he won't do it. But he invites the lawyer to spend the night over at his mansion and then leave the next day to fly back to where The Godfather is. Now, notice this. The lawyer responds to the director and thanks him for the invitation, but tells him he must leave immediately to tell his boss the bad news. He says that his boss, the godfather, insists on hearing bad news immediately. I love that scene in the movie, but why is it important? Why is it such an important scene, such an important point? Because the Godfather is a man of action who will act upon hearing news, whether good or bad. Thus, he wants to ensure his people will bring him good or bad news immediately so that he can take the appropriate action immediately. If it's good news, he can do something to make it better. If it's bad news, he can do something to mitigate the impact of this bad news. And this is the mind shift in loving what you hate. If you hate sitting down at your desk to do your job, and let's say it's boring data entry work, if you hate it, you've got to become the person who can make that shift in your mind to love the data entry that you hate. Now suppose, again, you have to create another a mundane report each week for your boss, and you hate writing this report. How can you possibly love it? You hate it. It's a, you think it's a stupid report that isn't beneficial, and you're being forced to do this every week. So how can you possibly love it? Well, first of all, you need to assess the report. Assess every week as you sit down to your computer for that hour, why is it you don't think that it is worthwhile. Why is it you have a negative opinion of it? Isn't it an hour of your life being dedicated to that? Isn't your time valuable? So if you spend your time on it, you have given it some intrinsic value from your own time, your own life. And what can you change about that environment on that time period when it's happening. Think about this. You cannot see the value in it because you've put your time in it, regardless of whether or not somebody likes it, you've placed your time in it. And so it had some value because you can never get back your time, right? But you can also write it. You can try to change now. Remember in another session, I spoke about altering variable of a certain scenario. In this particular scenario of time management and the mind shift, you give it value because you've put your time into it. That's altering a variable. Whereas before, you hated it and you simply didn't give it any value. The next thing you can do is you can change the location where you do your report. If your report is written at your computer at a specific location, let's say on a on 2 p.m. on a Friday afternoon, perhaps you can try moving, working from a different location. Maybe take a laptop and go and sit in a sunny location. 
or go and sit in a coffee shop and work on the report from there. Try something different like that. And that may also help you to position how you feel about it because you're going to change a variable. Next, you can try to give yourself a reward if you complete the mundane task in a shorter period of time. Now let's suppose you start at 2 p.m. and it always takes you two hours, so you finish at four. Now, it doesn't take you two hours because the job is a two-hour job. It takes you two hours because you hate it and you drag yourself along the pathway to get it done. And it goes on, and it seems like it goes on forever because you just, you're forcing yourself to do it. So what do you do? Maybe you tell yourself, okay, I will try to complete this task in an hour. Within that hour, if I complete it, I'll give myself a reward. And you do that, right? Test it, test the scenario, test the changes you made, see if it produces results and you feel a little better and you keep making changes, keep doing it until you get the brain. Now remember, repetition is important. So you've got to test it several times before you say it doesn't work. But do it, repeat it, do it, repeat it, and see in one or two months how you feel about the same thing. We'll take a brief word from our sponsor and be right back. Want a highly qualified medical professional, best-selling author, and magazine publisher as your personal health and wellness coach? This exclusive opportunity is only for highly motivated, success-driven individuals. Jenny Berkeley's been on TV, radio, and Meta Head of State. She's very selective of her clients. To complete an application for consideration, go to http colon slash slash www.eatingforeternity.org slash working dash with dash Jenny. And we're back. Now we're going on to mind shift number two. The next mind shift I need you to make is learning how to prioritize what is urgent stuff from what is important stuff. Urgent relates to time constraints. Important relates to process constraints. In order to be effective in time management, it is important to master the thinking process involved in prioritizing. So we know urgency relates to time constraints. So an example, you have a report due for your boss at 9 a.m. tomorrow, which is not complete. Is that high or low urgency? Well, it's high because it's due tomorrow and you don't have it done yet. Here's another example. You have to write a chapter for a book a colleague is writing, which will be published in six months to a year. Is that high or low urgency? Well, low on the surface, you can see that because it's a long way off. However, if you have other upcoming high urgency tasks, then if you have free time tomorrow in order to write this chapter, then you can make it a high priority task to get it done, a high urgency task, because there will be other things that will prevent it from being done in the next two weeks or three weeks or a month. So you can think about it like that, but that involves managing your time better and understanding what you need to do in the time you have and what is on the horizon. Now, importance relates to process constraints. What do I mean by that? 
you have to submit a research paper to your team. There's no specific deadline, so you can't assign it important or urgent. However, you have three other team members that need that data in order to move forward on their part of the work. Is that important or not? Well, it's important. It's important. And here's another example. You love writing short fiction stories. In your spare time, you write, you love it, you've just finished your work task and you're at your job and suddenly you feel inspired to write. There are other important things you still need to do, however. So now, is your writing task important or not? Well, even though you feel inspired to write your short story now, it's not important at that time because you have other important work tasks to do. So why do, what do most people do? They wait until things are almost due to make them urgent and important. Then they rush around like a crazy stressed out person trying to get that task done. And then you know what happens? They do it again and again and again. And that's how they live their life. So how do we create this mind shift number two? You've got to break the old pattern. Start by making a list, assign due dates to all items, note each item, note by each item, how many people need your deliverable in order to complete their work. Task with the most people awaiting on it receive the highest rank in terms of importance. And with the least people, get the lowest rank. Task with the closest due date receive the highest rank than the ones with the furthest due date. Now, if you find when you assess your task like that, you are creating a bottleneck in certain areas, you are creating a point where people are waiting on you for too long, then your business, your project, whatever you're working on, your life will stagnate. So you've got to push the work out to others as fast as you can. If you have work that you're waiting on other, that other people are waiting on, so you must do your task so that they can do their task, push it out as fast as you can. You give it higher priority. Now, how do you break the old pattern and create a better pathway in your brain? When you master the ability to tell what is urgent and what is important and what is not urgent and what is not important, you will advance faster in your achievement. Now I've got a cheat sheet for you on this, which I'll get to later. We'll take a brief word from our sponsor and be right back. Have you checked out Canada's hottest magazine for those interested in the plant-based diet and lifestyle? It stands out from all the others in Toronto. Filled with heart, every author is handpicked for that specific issue. Started by Jenny Berkeley, a nurse of over 24 years, a certified holistic nutritionist, a best-selling author of five books, the magazine is the source for plant-based living. Before you rush off to eternitywatchmagazine.com, listen to these reader testimonials. I really enjoy your magazine. Of all the free magazines that are on the market, I find by far yours is the best. It's superior um, reporting and it's, it's just very good. About a year ago, I picked up this magazine from a Buddha um, cafe at St. Lawrence Market. I was sort of on the journey and I'm curious about you know, going vegan and thinking, um, eliminating animal products in my life. But um, it's really when, um, when I 
picked up this magazine and found out more quick safe and I connected with other vegans and also had the chance to attend vigils and learn more about um, the benefits, about the different benefits um, of going vegan and also um, the suffering of the animals and the treatment of animals on the Park Factory Farms and Slaughterhouse that really solidified uh, my journey and also um, made me realize that that was the right decision and I felt more, a lot more confident in um, going vegan and I'm going to look back. It's the best decision I've ever made in my life. Grab your copy of Eternity Watch on the iTunes iPad store or at www.eternitywatchmagazine.com. And we're back. And now we're getting into mind shift number three. The third mind shift I want you to make is to learn the concept of balance control. What do I mean by that? Everything in life follows a season and a pattern. Most people are reeling out of control in their lives because they are driven by other patterns instead of recognizing them and preparing for them. Here's an example. Retail clothing stores in North America follow a seasonal pattern with clothes. They sell winter clothes in wintertime, summer clothes in summertime, spring clothes in springtime. The stores that do well and make money are the ones that recognize these patterns and follow them. Could you imagine a store that is selling winter clothes in summer? They're not going to make any money because they have failed to follow the seasonal pattern. Now here's another thing. Holiday season. Stores have sales based on the upcoming holiday and they use it as an opportunity to make money. As a contrarian, you've got to develop balanced control in your mind. You've got to put the patterns that control your life and the cycles that impact the world into perspective, and you've got to find balance. For example, sleeping. Humans are designed to sleep at night and be up during the day. Yet, there are people who stay up late at night into the early hours of the morning, watching TV, surfing the internet, or finishing up some work that they need to do. You've got to stop that. When you control your urge to stay up late and go to bed early habitually, you will develop the discipline to get your work done during the day. This is an essential part of time management. Fighting against the natural seasons and patterns the world has created just forces you to exert more effort and more energy than is necessary. You become like a salmon swimming upstream. But here's the thing, the salmon knows to do it in the correct season, and that is when it's mating season. But if you're following the wrong pattern, swimming upstream, like many people do, they do it all the time. So without following a season or pattern, they just do it, and that becomes their habit. That is the important mind shift you need to make. You need to recognize the cycles and the seasons and the patterns that impact you and work with them and use them to give you the momentum 
that you need in managing your time. Now we have a bonus mind shift. Remove self-pity. I just told you three of them, and here's a fourth one that you need to have in order for time management. This is a bonus for my loyal listeners. That's you. Now, you need to remove self-pity from your mind. But it's amazing how someone can feel sorry for themselves and spend hours at a time doing nothing but feeling sorry for themselves. It's a very time-consuming habit. Now, I'm not talking about clinical depression, which is something that is serious and requires professional help. If someone is suffering from that, they need to seek professional help. I'm just talking about the times when you just feel um, overwhelmed, when you've had bad news, and you just want to sit and skew for hours. Or you decide you're just going to watch TV and, and just not think about anything. Now, here's an example of a guy. The guy worked for a company. The boss told him there would be profit sharing. If he did good in sales, he would share in the profit. So the guy worked really hard. The company did really well in sales. But the boss never gave him his share of the profit. When he approached the boss, the boss told him, well, we don't have any money to really give you anything. And the guy saw his wife, the boss's wife driving a new car. He saw the boss with new things. And he knew how much money the company made. And when he confronted the boss, the boss told him, well, you don't have anything in writing. So if you don't like it, you know what to do. Well, the guy left started his own business in the same field, was making a lot of money and was living a better life now because he was having profit. And then the guy's business went under. Something happened with his financial partner and it went under. The guy wallowed in self-pity for months, but he eventually decided he couldn't do that anymore. He got off his butt, got to work a hundred times harder than he was before, and he succeeded in becoming a success story again. And this is what happens when you make the conscious decision not to wallow in self-pity. So here's what happened. He made that conscious decision to do things. He did something. He acted. He moved. He got his body in motion. He got his mind in motion. He refused to sit still. And he found motivation. When you wallow in self-pity, if you feel the need to do that, give it a time. I'm not saying be a superhuman and say, well, uh, I'm never affected by anything. I don't feel self-pity. No, everyone is human. They have their highs and their lows and their ups and their downs. What I'm saying is give it a time. If you feel self-pity, get a little uh, timer or put a timer on your phone. Most people have a phone with some sort of alarm or a timer. Set it for five minutes. Sit down and give yourself five minutes of self-pity and immerse yourself in it for all it's worth for five minutes. And then after that five minutes and the alarm goes off, stop it. That's the end of it. Cut it off. Then start to act. Do some things that will take you out of that state. Exercise is a good thing. Start exercising. Or get a piece of paper and make a list of things you need to do. Just even creating a to-do list of things that you can do can help draw you out from that place of self-pity. 
but don't allow self-pity to suck hours of your time. Okay, well, we're at the end of today's session. And normally I have a bonus uh, download for my listeners, but this is a two-part series. So I'll have the download for you available at the end of the next session on this topic on time management. Next time, I'll also be talking about some actual tools that you can use to help you with your time management. This session, we talked about the mind shifts you need to make. I'd like you to practice them and try them. Until the next session, I will actually discuss some tools now that we will use uh, to actually help put this time management process into place. So until next time, have an awesome time and continue to grow and improve. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Berkeley Life Biz Podcast with Vaughn Berkeley. Join us again for another life-changing podcast or visit us on the web 